This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Iron. The Arizona Cardinals select Tyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. guys, welcome back to the Established Past Podcast, presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And Dylan, uh, another guest here on the episode uh, on Established the Past. And uh, I tell you, it's um, we're starting to get a lot of these, but uh, this this may be one that uh, we're not going to be able to top here. And that is uh, Pro Bowler Darren Waller coming on with us. Uh, Darren, thanks for coming on. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You got it, and uh, I know Dylan. We're excited to have him on. Uh, we talk about him a lot on this podcast throughout the year. And um, Darren, first of all, you know, we like we said, we've had players on here recently. Um, of course, everyone's still talking about the Super Bowl and what the takeaways were. I know for you playing for the Raiders, you guys have got to see you know both of those teams this year. You beat the Chiefs. Um, what were the biggest takeaways you had just from watching that game? Uh, yeah, just watching that game, it was tough for Kansas City to really operate without those. Uh, Two tackles, you know, Fisher and Schwartz yep. are big parts of what they do in allowing Mahomes to buy extra time back there for those guys to get open or to get open in a scramble drill. So without those two guys against, you know, who I think was the toughest guys for me to pass check against was uh, the combination of Barrett and uh, and Pierre Paul and not to mention the guys that are blitzing and stuff like that. So it was just uh, tough for them to overcome without the tackles, but um, – but, yeah, salute to Tampa Bay. They got a, a super talented team, and uh, just, you know, congrats on them winning it. Yeah, I know prior to the Super Bowl, you guys were the only team that beat them when they had their starters in the Chargers in Week 17. A little bit different story. I know recently you were talking about how you believe you guys aren't too far behind Kansas City. That was evident really with how, you know, both of the games you played, even the one you lost, was so close. How do you take that next step, not just to the playoffs, but also, you know, contending for Super Bowls like the Chiefs have the last couple of years? Right. Um, kind of like I said, I think like our best is right there with the Chiefs' best, but the difference mm-hmm. is uh, the consistency at which we play at our best. The Chiefs give you that same product every week, whereas we don't. Um, we've uh, you know been very inconsistent, especially mm-hmm. counts down the stretch of the season. And with that, I think that just comes down to you know just small details. Um, it's little things that have got in the way of us like being Chiefs the second time, and you know just how we approach playing teams um, late in the season. It's yeah. You can't just go off of, you know, just showing up and playing. It's got to be those those extra details in the film study, um, how we approach practice, every drill, every rep. Um, we have to be better at that as a whole. And um, that's what's separating us from being where we want to be at this point in time. 
Darren, you know, like we said, I mean, the season's over now. The Super Bowl has come and gone. Uh, you guys are into your off season and, and getting ready to certainly get geared up uh, for things here in the coming months. But, you know, in talking to other players, too, we're always fascinated. Like, what what is a day in the life like for you right now compared to in season, whether that's your training, your diet, stuff like that? How much does that kind of differ now for you at this point in the year? Um, yeah, so when the season the first initially ends, those first few weeks, um, you kind of do what you want to do, you know, be a normal human being, eat what you want to eat, go somewhere that you want yeah. to go. Uh, but after that, you got to start locking back in. So uh, I'm locked in on what I'm eating. Uh, training is getting there. I'm not training three times a day yet. I kind of work my way back into that. But, you know, I'm able to focus on things I like to do in the off season, like Pilates and boxing and uh, cycling or three things I like to do outside of my football training and weightlifting. So it's just adding those extra cardios and just taking my uh, – you know, my, my wind and my endurance to another level. So I like to keep upping it as the season goes along, as the seasons go by, and so I can be out there more on the field for my team. But it's just, uh, you know, focusing on, you know, uh, making sure that there's no imbalances in my body, working on those tightnesses and those the stretching, the massages, uh, foam rolling, just those little things that really come to pay off. So it's just rededicating myself to how I care for my body. Are you mostly doing that on your own or at home and that kind of stuff? Obviously, right now with COVID, it's a little bit different than yeah. being able to go in the facility or even to, you know, outside of the, the Raiders having, like, trainers like that. Are you just mostly kind of doing that at home? Yeah, they actually have our uh, facility weight rooms open a, few, a couple of days out the week. You have the COVID test, like, the day before in order to get mm-hmm. cleared to go in. So I live there. But the Pilates classes and the cycling and the boxing, I do, you know, outside in different gyms uh, across Vegas and Henderson area. So, yeah, it's really uh, on you mostly uh, in the off season, and that's where you know guys' work ethic really shows up to see if they really want to do it or not because nobody's forcing them. Nice. I have another football question I had. Uh, there's been a few rumors recently, kind of what's going on with your guys' quarterback situation. Even though by most metrics uh, we've talked about it a lot, we look at a lot of football outsider kind of stats. Derek Carr has been a top ten quarterback in pretty much every one of those kind of things. And I've heard you say you're a Derek Carr guy. Has there been, you know, how has your guys' relationship expanded over the last couple of years and made you, at this point, I mean, pretty clearly one of the most explosive duos in the NFL. You had more targets than, you know, Kelsey and uh, and Mahomes. So just, you know, how has that duo kind of grown over time? And you guys continue to, it looks like you're on the same page all the time out there. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a relationship that started, like, right when I got to the team. Uh, <laughs> Derek expressing belief in me when I was, you know, running scout cars when I first got to the Raiders and telling me that, you know, I'd be able to do some great things. So it's just things like that that resonate and, you know, just being friends and having, you know, vulnerable conversations just about life and stuff like that. It just turns into somebody that you don't want to let down. And uh, with that connection, we're able to, you know, have that dialogue where it's like, okay, uh, you know, break that route here, not there, or, you know, sh- showing up at, a certain time, you know, we we can have that dialogue together where it's not, you know, he feels like he's stepping on my toes or I feel like I'm stepping on his. It's just we have that good dialogue and we, you know, just put the work in together. Um, like last year, we didn't, you know, allow COVID excuses to to set in and we were throwing at parks around around Vegas and, you know, just getting in work any way we could and mm-hmm. just honing in the timing and the reps of things and that just comes into uh, – it pays off on Sundays because we just try to do that every single day. Yeah, clearly it's worked. I mean, at this point, you're within – if you go at the same rate you're going by next year, you'll already be in the top ten in Raider history and receiving yards. You're already 21st in just, you know, two full seasons. You set the receptions record last year. 
uh, passing Tim Brown, obviously a Hall of Famer. Do you ever sit back and reflect on how quickly you've established yourself as an all-timer for such a historic franchise, or is it more just kind of focused on that kind of day-to-day work with Derek and all the guys and the coaching staff? Is that more what you're thinking about at this point in your career? Um, It's definitely a balance because I feel like Mm -hmm. reflecting on the journey uh, keeps me grateful for where I'm at now. Uh, It keeps me from, you know, getting complacent. Uh, I want to continue to build on that and continue to be consistent because, you know, for for so long I wasn't. And uh, so it's awesome to look at that and to, you know, give myself credit every now and then. I'm somebody that's really hard on myself. Um, You know, I don't spend as much time on the small victories as I do, like the little things that I may mess up. And so I just, you know, reflecting helps me to, you know, be more compassionate towards myself and towards my performance. But uh, I definitely – you know, don't want these to be my greatest achievements uh, as a Raider. I want to keep continuing to go and just allow this to be the start to mm-hmm. however long I may be doing this. Darren, you mentioned your journey, and I know, you know, for a lot of people on the outside, hard knocks is probably something that introduced, you know, kind of that backstory and the entire journey to, to a lot of people. And, you know, it's we always talk about the show every year when they have it on, and, you know, you see interviews with players. Some people hate it. Some people love it. Um, I know coaches probably hate it more than love it just based on all the stuff surrounding it. What was that like for you guys just to be a part of that and to have that going on? Because, again, like we said, I mean, you were a featured part of that show, but I'm sure for everyone it was probably a little bit different just in terms of reacting to it and having, you know, all the HBO stuff and everything around you. So, Yeah, um, the Hard Knocks experience was great, honestly. Um, the first couple of days it was weird just knowing that there's cameras everywhere. And, <laughs> right. you, know, a, you never know a conversation you could be having. There's a boom mic right over your shoulder uh, picking up <laughs> But um, I, it was actually a, a great experience. Um, I still keep in touch with some of those NFL films people uh, to this day, and uh, they were actually, you know, very welcoming. They weren't intruding. They were making sure, like, hey, like, you know, we don't want to be overbearing. So I really like that about them. But, you know, it was a great experience, to, you know, just bonding with the team and allowing the people and the fans to see all the work and uh, just how hard it is uh, to prepare for an NFL season every year. You know, guys don't just show up and are just ready to play. They got to put that work in to really hone those skills again and to build upon years prior. So I thought that was a great experience. It was a great experience for me to, you know, establish uh, myself as, you know, being a voice for for other people that may be struggling or, you know, can't find a way to get out of the messes that they find themselves in. So I just thought that was a great experience for me to just, you know, own my story and own my messes, uh, in front of people and to, you know, maybe help them allow them to do the same thing. Well, you know, you don't, you're not just a football player. Let's talk about the music because um, I know, you know, now in a music career too, and music I know does run in your family with, with your great grandfather and all that. And um, when did maybe you start thinking about that just from a a music career standpoint and really how rewarding has that been uh, thus far for you? Um, So I really started, uh, you know, I had a thought of starting to make music probably in 2014, my senior year at, at Tech. And a lot of guys on the team would just, like, start breaking out and freestyling out of nowhere. And, you know, I wasn't very good at freestyling. But I'll kind of put, like, a couple <laughs> lines together, and people would be like, oh, man, like, how do you think of that? And I was like, well, I'm not a freestyle, but if I can write this stuff out, I feel like I could be all right at it. And, you know, <laughs> it came to a time in Baltimore where I was, like, super bored and super isolated, and I was like, screw it, I'm about to just start rapping. And I started rapping onto GarageBand through the uh, Apple earpod, earpod microphone. Uh, 
and just kind of built up from there, bought some crappy equipment and was wrapping in my closet for a little while, just not letting, not wanting people to know what I was doing. But then I kind of uh, mustered up some courage in like 2015 to want to go to a real studio and, you know, I linked up with some guys that actually went to my high school who were producers and, uh, you know, they, they liked my music and, you know, it was just kind of up from there. And it's just something that's a great outlet for me. Uh, great. Uh, it helped me with my confidence a lot because, you know, with music, it was like, especially at that, my, at that time in my career, people were like, oh, he's out the league, he's rapping now. And it was yeah. like, I'd either listen to those voices and just not do it or do something that I loved. And it ended up helping me, you know, be more creative and to, you know, actually have a positive outlet for the things that I'm thinking, things that I'm going through. So it's just something that I, I truly enjoy. Yeah, your most recent music video came out a couple of weeks ago, Sun in My Eyes, over 58,000 views on YouTube, over 3 million on World Star Hip Hop. You know, how crazy and reward, I know Blake kind of mentioned rewarding, but how rewarding is it to see how, putting in that much work for something and have it be that successful so quickly? Uh, yeah, I mean, that was awesome to see, to see people, uh, you know, relate to the music and mm-hmm. appreciate the music because I'm somebody that, you know, appreciates good music when I'm listening to it, no matter what the genre is, you know, so I respect music when I go into creating. It's like, I don't want to just create any kind of junk or, Mm -hmm. you know, just something that I'm not talking about anything. You know, I want to make it to where people can get something out of it or learn from it or have them, have it get them through a tough point in their, in their life. So it's awesome to see people enjoying it because music's meant to be shared. And that's why I like putting it out. Yeah, I know, you know, you have other stuff going on, too, like we talked about with your music. I mean, podcasts, you're doing work in the community, um, you know, giving back in the community. I know that's such a, a big thing for you and many other NFL players who, who like to just be able to do that, given where you are now in your career. Um, any major, you know, initiatives you have coming up on that front? And overall, just what's that been like, you know, in the giving back part? I know you guys are so used to being out in the community, you know, meeting people, being around people. But I know with the pandemic, that's certainly changed some things over the past year. Uh, yeah, it's definitely changed some things. Uh, it's kind of put some uh, foundation activities that I've wanted to do on hold uh, because those things can't really be done in person. Um, yeah. So now it's just, uh, you know, developing an online community with my foundation for like the Clark County uh, students because uh, there's a lot of substance abuse going on in this Vegas area and just trying to educate them, you know, give them, uh, tools to you know help them make better decisions, uh, not to talk down on them, but kind of put my story out there and let them know that I've been in their shoes and that uh, they don't have to go the path that I've gone. So that community will allow them to connect with each other and have people that are like-minded as them because you are who you hang around. And if they can get around people that, you know, want to be clean and want to, you know, do things that they love and not uh, just try to fit in like everybody else, that could be a place for them to learn and to form relationships. So that's what we're working on right now. And when things open back up, having like TED style talks where, you know, I can speak or we could bring in other people to speak uh, to the young people in the area and just, you know, have them just accumulate wisdom and to go about uh, choosing their life path in a different way. That's awesome. Yeah, I know, I know growing up as a sports fan, obviously, anytime you had a player speak on anything, it meant so much to you. So for you to make that difference in Vegas, that's awesome, man. Uh, Blake, I don't know if you have any more. I do have one last section on rapid-fire questions, kind of just little fun <laughs> things. Uh, so I'll start those out with you. All right, first, idol. Well, who's your idol growing up? Um, idol growing up? I'd probably say, uh, I'd probably say Jay-Z was the first person I looked up to <laughs> like that, just how – you know, how successful he was and just how good he was at, at rapping and just how he mm-hmm. kind of turned that into business, into 
clothing into now he's, you know, like sports agencies and, um, you know, and all the things he's doing for people. Uh, Jay-Z was probably the first person I looked to like, wow, like that's like, that's somebody worth shooting after. That's awesome. All right. Next uh, favorite food. <laughs> I like all foods, man. I probably, <laughs> I probably have to go with steak. Um, I those was over a lot of different foods, but uh, <laughs> you, know, you can't go wrong with a good steak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, next, uh, funniest teammate on the Raiders. <sighs> funniest teammate, man. There's a lot of those. Um, I might have to go with Jalen Rashard. Okay. Uh, mm. that, uh, we call him Spook. Um, <laughs> he's, he'll, like, set up speakers in the locker room and just, like, talk on the mic like a radio DJ and just <laughs> people. He's just, like – just that personality is just so so bubbly and outgoing. Mm-hmm. And I thought Jalen's probably the funniest dude on the team. All right, next one. I don't want to cause any beef, but messiest teammate in the locker room. Messiest teammate? Shoot, it might be me. <laughs> My locker room is always overflowing with clothes. It's not organized. Shoes popping out the little bottom shelves that we put all our sneakers and cleats in. So as far as, like, a locker, it might be me. Okay. Uh, favorite John Gruden saying, obviously we know from um, uh, you have knock on wood if you're with me. Are there any other kind of inspirational quotes that he uh, often says in the locker room with you guys? Um, you know, he says this to uh, quarterbacks, but basically says it to the offense as a whole. He says, uh, don't try to stuff sand up a flea's ass. <laughs> like, he's basically saying, like, don't force things if they aren't there. Yeah. Don't try to, you know, overdo it or overthink it, like take what's given to you and just be ready to adapt. Awesome. And then last one, I know you, as you were talking about music, obviously you love all kinds of music, but what is your guilty pleasure song or musical artist that you secretly love? <laughs> oh, guilty pleasure. Um, wow. Where do I go with this one? Um, I don't know who's really a guilty pleasure though. You're just you're just proud of everyone you listen to. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I like I like to listen to like classical music. I like to listen to music with no words. Yeah, um, that may catch people off guard a little bit, but you know sometimes there's a lot of music out there that you know I like to take in like a positive message. And sometimes mm-hmm. you know, there's music out there that doesn't really have like that great of a message. Um, so you know I like listening to you know classical music. Um, you know I'll just let like lo-fi beats. Uh, ride mm-hmm. off like a YouTube channel, so uh, you know I, I'm kind of all over the place. Nice, awesome. That's all I have all right. for the rapid fire. <laughs> Dylan, I got I got one here, and we're gonna wrap okay. it up. So, all right, Darren, I, I've got this question because we've asked this from other players too. How much do you hate listening to people talk about how much you ruined their fantasy football team? Because we talk about this all the time, and I'm sure for you guys, at some point, it's just like, man, come on. Like, it's just, it's got to be out of control. It's not a problem for Darren <laughs> lately, though. He's been good. Well, that's true. That is a good point. But, I mean, I'm sure he gets tired of hearing about it, though. Yeah. It's like everything. I don't know. So. Yeah, that's the, the topic that people are oh, they're all like, oh, you were my fantasy team. Oh, this, this. It's like, I don't <laughs> so I don't really understand it like that. But it's like people are like life and death over that stuff. So it's pretty funny to just see how spirit they are about it. That's what I figured. But, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, some people love it. Some people hate it. And I'm sure for some players, uh, you know, sorry, you only had eight catches and not nine. You lost me my fantasy championship. But you're probably not too worried about that. But, um, Darren, we really appreciate it, man. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on with us. Uh, best of luck with everything this off season, And uh, thanks, as always, for coming on here. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me. Thanks, Darren. Appreciate it, man.
All right, that was uh, Darren Waller and uh, Dylan, as we said, uh, Pro Bowler, Raiders. Uh, this guy is uh, just doing it all, and um, he is just, you know, we talked about kind of what the numbers are and all the success he's had thus far and really just has become, I mean, you could say, like really one of the breakout stars in the NFL, not just at the tight end position, but, I mean, he has become such a, a huge part of what the Raiders do, and, and he really has. I mean, he's been a breakout star the past couple of years. Yeah, I know we, talk, we touched on hard knocks, and it's crazy to think, you know, he looked good in those early kind of, you know, when he was in camp in 2019 and then the preseason, but to project that, you know, usually they have those guys yeah. kind of as the storyline players, and then you learn if they're going to make the team or not. And to go from that to actually being where he's at at this point is pretty insane, and obviously all of his work off the field, he's, you know, just from meeting him before the, the podcast just now and through it, such a nice guy and couldn't have been – you know, kinder. So, yeah, awesome. just an awesome, awesome dude, and really looking forward to seeing where he goes. He's still, you know, in his uh, late twenties. Got plenty of, yeah. you know, doesn't have compared to a lot of guys that age that kind of have the miles on their on their legs. He's only had, you know, pretty much two full seasons, so plenty of time for him to dominate for the Raiders. Yep, and uh, he's he's our first choice, right? Fantasy football this year. We're going to be okay. gonna be battling it out <laughs> for him. So, um, yeah, but uh, no no doubt. I mean, he's he's been fantastic. And, um, again, it was uh, great to catch up with him. And uh, other interviews, Dylan, we've had it recently. We had Pat Ricard on from the Ravens, and uh, hopefully we'll have some more here on the way as we go throughout the offseason in the NFL. But uh, we got a lot of straight, great stuff going on for Clutch Points uh, to have people covered on the offseason in the NFL. Um, so let everybody know where they can find all of that. Yeah, about a month out from free agency starting, although J.J. Watt can sign before, so we have all that coverage from him, all the rumors going over all the teams he could end up with in the Clutch Points app in the NFL section there, also on clutchpoints.com. You can find our podcast in both those places as well as anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, we got spring training, uh, pitchers and catchers, at least when we're recording this, uh, reporting today, so uh, not far off from having those games in the app. Obviously, the NBA game still in the app, so lots of good stuff coming, and yeah, we'll have still on the NFL side, in addition to free agency, a lot of more draft kind of preview stuff coming up here as well. Yep, check it out at Clutch Points. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, search for Establish the Pass. You can find us on there. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Pass podcast. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.